day, everybody, and welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler, and uh, yeah, recovering from a very long and busy week of self-tape submissions. Uh, no no uh, in-person auditions, which I know it's slightly coming back, but a lot of self-tapes. It's just, Every single day, it's just been busy, crack full of them. So I called my friends to see what was going on, some of them in LA, some of them in Colorado, some in Georgia, and everybody is so busy. So I just want to say break a leg to all of you who are auditioning, who are going in for callbacks, who booked the job, like congrats. It just seems like, uh, yeah, we're getting really, really busy. So fingers crossed that something happens and maybe I'll have to record one of these episodes in another state in the next few weeks. Outside of that, nothing crazy. I did try a peach pizza recently, which was insanely good. So for you foodies out there, if you're ever in, uh, Louisville, Colorado, go to 12 Degree Brewing. I think the pizza's seasonal, so go before <laughs> go, go before November and try that pizza. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, anyway, let's get right into this week's guest. I grew up watching this amazing character actor in projects that I was probably a little too young to watch, but absolutely adored them. Uh, you've seen him in films like Garden State, The Last Kick, The Last Kicks, The Last Kiss, Dukes of Hazard, uh, or even Pathology. If you are a horror fan like myself, that is one of my favorites. You may have seen him in Scrubs, Home Before Dark, Psych, House, or the most recent Houdini and Doyle. I'm of course talking about Michael Weston, who is an absolutely fantastic character actor who grew up with uh, his sights set on sports rather than theater, but ended up going to college to pursue a, uh, a theater degree in their theater program, and has since built an amazingly prolific career on both stage and screen, and he has a project coming up with his former pathology director that he uh, hints about as well that I can't wait to see. So let's, uh, let's get right to it. Let's sit down and chat with the lovely Michael Weston. Hey there, everyone. Uh, my name is Michael Weston. I am an actor. I am a writer and uh, and I'm producing a whole film. So I guess I'll call myself a producer. Uh, I'm an amateur producer. <laughs> oh, no. When did uh, when did that happen? Just now I'm about to uh, go do a film with a with an old friend and director of mine in Germany, this guy, um, Mark Schulerman. We did pathology together. Um, and so uh, he found a script and uh, we've been working on it a little bit and uh, and we're going to shoot in September, which is we just got our funding. So I'm pretty pumped about it. Oh, man, that's all. I will say like pathology is the first thing I ever saw you in. So oh, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's any, so funny. Anytime hey. I'm playing somebody like in the medical field and relatively evil, I always yeah, go for a little bit part. of Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, man. <laughs> but uh, I do want to start, man, like we'll, we'll get to that for sure. But I want to sure. see like how you got into this how did you become an actor what was it was it something you kind of yeah. realized well, at a younger you know, age my 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 father is act is an actor his name is john rubenstein and um and uh, so i sort of grew up around the business a lot uh and and it was never really for me i mean uh, as a kid and it wasn't i wasn't really interested in it uh, i played sports mostly and and i and i loved that and then at some point i think i was in high school and uh and I think my dean was I was I was up to no good. I was I was mischievous. I was doing I was creating trouble and he was like, "We please do something with yourself." Get in. So he he sort of strong-armed me into the school play. Um 
And then in that process, I just realized I loved, I loved it. I loved doing theater. Theater was sort of where I, I came from in it. I'd been around the theater a lot. My dad was a, is a really great theater actor. Um, he was like the original Pippin um, years and years wow. ago. And um, he won a Tony award for, uh, for children of a lesser God, the, the play, the original of that. So I'd sort of, I'd been in the wings of a theater uh, for a lot of my life. And I, and I love, I love the, I love the sort of team aspect of it um, that you're, it's like a sports team. It was like, I, I played a lot of, you know, baseball, soccer as a kid and whatever. And, and what I loved about it is we were on this team and it was this incredible collaboration between, you know, all of you guys and you went for the victory. And so the, the thing was like getting in a play, it felt similar, except maybe, maybe deeper, maybe, you know, you, you got to, you know, it was a different kind of person involved in it and you, and it, it, you got to play these great characters and yet you were in the end sort of working toward a goal together and it required everyone on all different levels, all different, you know, different crafts and experience experiences and, and ages and everything to make it all work. And, and I love that process. I love, I love somehow finding like all the different cogs and all the different rhythms of all these different people and somehow, you know, hurting them onto the same page to make something really, really wonderful. The process of that and then the the excitement of sort of seeing how it all pans out when you when you actually get it in front of folks. So well, that's so how I, I mean, got into it. I was I was in it and I, I and then I sort of fell in love with it through that. And I met some of my best friends and I, I ended up going to Northwestern um and doing their theater program there in Chicago um and then I still wasn't sure I wanted to do it and I and that I was going to work in kitchens I love like uh, same for the same reason I love working like in a kitchen same sort of collaborative science and art you know and uh and then I ended up um just getting a I got a little play in New York and I went up to Williamstown Theater Festivals what I did actually and I met some of my again best friends of today um, wonderful actors and had some incredible opportunities and got my first agent and and ended up getting a little play um, and and then started my career in New York you know sort of bartending and and at the same time going down for auditions and stuff and it was uh it was great it was a great time to be in New York and and I love the thrill of it all yeah that's quite the journey to go from sports to theater I mean speaking of the the kitchen part of it was there any thought about maybe changing your major to the culinary arts while you're at Northwestern? I mean, there wasn't, I, I, you know, I, I sort of arrived in college and I didn't really know what it, I, I wasn't really prepared. They, you had to sort of declare yourself when you set foot and uh, I was in there and I was like, Oh, uh, I guess, uh, acting. Um, so I, you know, I was doing a lot of writing, I was doing acting, I, but I never really, I never felt that it was like binding. I don't think I've ever used my my BS, which is really my degree. So except maybe right now. No, you know, so it was like, you know, it was all like it was just I didn't really quite I didn't quite get it yet. And I and I didn't feel like until I didn't until I got back to New York and I and I tried kitchens and I loved it. And and I, you know, it remains something that I do a lot of today and is is sort of a side passion, but um mostly just cooking for my kids let's be honest yeah but um <laughs> side passion. um yeah you know but yeah no it wasn't something I, I i you know i i actually i fell deeply in love with this with this whole crazy business and um and i, I haven't really looked back since then thankfully because you've yeah. i mean you've, you've done a hell of a lot and 
it's odd with that. I mean, did your uh, father have any reservations for you going down that path or was he pretty? Supportive? Not really. I mean, he's, he's his own thing and he's, he's always been very supportive. Like he was great. My mom was an actress too, actually. Um, oh, wow. She was, uh, if you ever look up an old movie called the fortune cookie, it was like a Billy Wilder, um, Walter Matthau, um, Jack Lemon. And she's like the, the sort of like blonde, bombshell and it's smoking cigarettes it's really weird to say about your mom but <laughs> um and uh and so she yeah she was in that movie and and she's a wonderful actress of her own of her own right and uh and sort of gave it up it wasn't really the 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 business of it really wore her down and i think it you know as it does to many people it's a, it can be a very unrelenting kind of thing you know um and especially for women in that time it wasn't they they didn't have uh, you know a sort of leg to stand on in a certain way the guys were sort of a real you know cool club you know club and and i think that was hard for her so anyway that's she found her way out of it but she remains a sort of wonderful actress and we used to like when i was in new york i'd ride my i was like a bike messenger slash bartender i was doing you know 10 jobs at once and i would like ride my bike with my sides up and get my old mom and we'd, we'd get a coffee and we'd go down to the central park and we'd like sit on a bench and she'd run lines with me and we look like two crazy people. And then I'd go and try and book a gig. <laughs> That's so cool though. Yeah. yeah it was I mean, awesome. <laughs> and she remained, I mean, honestly, to this day, she's now out here in LA and still she's like, if you need someone to run lines with you and <laughs> she's great. <laughs> so, you know, everything is like self tapes these days. So if I can get her get her ass up these stairs here, she'll she'll run a couple. Yeah. Me. Um, can you be here in twenty minutes? I have an HBO yeah. self tape to do. Yeah, that's Sorry. that's a great memory though to to yeah. have. Was she uh, was she your like good luck charm for a little bit while you're running lines and auditioning? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because those she especially came from that very old world of acting, like the Sandy Meisner. Like she was she was with like Robert Duvall and all those guys in Sanford Meisner with Sanford Meisner in those sort of hallowed classes, you know? Um, and so she has great stories about it all. And, and she learned from all those guys and she was sort of on par with all of them in her own, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and so she has, she has great, she has great wisdom um, in that, in that stuff. And, and so it was, always, she always came from a really great place Um and it was really helpful to me, just sort of steering me around and, and giving me some ideas and just a different take on it, you know, from that sort of old world acting where they there were some real greats, you know. Yeah, and I'm sure you hung on to a lot of that growing up in a, a house of that sort, you know, you're bound to take some of that with you, right? Yeah, I mean, you do. It's it's weird. I mean, they it was never impressed upon me, like, this is what we do in this family. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> it was never like that, you know, they were very sort of ethereal artist types and my dad I mean she was and my dad was a very different kind of guy he just did his craft and and that was it but he didn't it didn't carry over into our lives a lot so there wasn't a lot of discussion about it you know it was never like acting was the greatest it was like my dad actually his his he's like if you can do anything else with your life do it um this is what I said it always was this thing just do it because you know, but if you can't and you really love this in that way, then by all means do it because it's a beautiful ride. Um, if you don't mind all the, you know, ups and downs of it and and the the, the peculiarities of it, you know, it, it's a it's a weird business. It makes you do weird things and and it creates weird challenges in your life that you wouldn't have in say another job, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. I, I feel like socially actors are always a little off with people. 
probably have to be in some way, just whether it's your <laughs> ego or how you just approach things or just like, you know, I, I think for, for all actors in a, in a very healthy way, like a healthy ego is you're, you have to be so resilient to all the different things that come at you in so many different ways. Like, you know, people won't say, yeah, you're too ugly for this in most jobs, but in this they will. And, <laughs> and you have to be like, oh, okay, well, all right. Or they won't say, you know, you need to put on this much muscle or lose this much weight. Or they won't say, you know, you should have worn that dress or these shoes. I mean, all that stuff that, you know, a lot of people won't really deal with. And a lot of, and you know, every profession has its thing. But in this, it becomes very sort of personal. And and I think that you have to be very good at sort of kung fuing that out of your out of your way so you can just see clearly what you're actually doing and not let it like you know, hurt your feelings and get you down or whatever. Yeah. Was there anything like that for you when you were kind of out of college, you were bartending, you were auditioning? Was there anything that maybe was, it might be a TMI, but was brought up about you personally that? I mean, thought, well, that's not. I mean, you know. I, I think I've always sort of played somewhere along a line of, you know, character actor, leading man sort of thing. I had that sort of throughout my career and like, you know, I did a part and it will suddenly define what you are. And you have to, you have to, you know, I like I did Six Feet Under, which I adore. And it was a great, great working experience and, and, a, and a really fun ride, the whole thing. Um, but it suddenly sort of defines you in a certain way. And you have to like, you have to like wiggle your way out of that and say, hey, wait, but you know, before that I was this guy and, you know, um, and, I, and then I just think, you know, personally with every audition, at least for me, you 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 put your heart and your soul into it you know and i mean if you love it and if you can and um and i think that it's it's hard to just on a daily basis whatever that is whenever you're sort of getting your auditions and and even if not if you have one a month it can sometimes become even more you know valuable i remember when in the sort of beginning of my career i'd get like you know i'd get an audition and it was I put everything I had into it. it was everything to me and I and I I wanted it so badly and I just wanted to do well and I wanted to get my foot in the door and all that stuff so when the when the stakes are that high it can it can rattle you or you can allow that stuff to really you know those those opportunities are so precious that they they can they can affect you and you have to somehow build those I feel like an actor you know all of it is sort of building muscle even if you're at the top of your game and you're you're the A-list and everyone's giving you stuff. You're building different muscles, but you're you're finding ways to sort of remain focused, centered, open, vulnerable, you know, and and that you sort of are always working on your craft despite all the noise. And and to me, that's that's sort of always what it's about. And and at different parts in you know my career with ups and downs like that, it's it's been a different kind of stuff that you're working with but you're I'm always still focused on that I'm always still trying to be like all right let's get all that other shit out of the way and let's see if I can just focus on what I love and care about and get all that other stuff in my head or outside of it out you know yeah I mean I usually ask this later on in the the episodes but is there something that helps you decompress I know you have you have what like three kids so yeah there's I, a I lot have of stimulation <laughs> yes but <laughs> um yes I uh, you know uh decompress I mean it's it's that's that's such a it depends I mean always for me it was always sports and sort of like something physical just that gets my mind out of out of whatever that is you know just to like un unlatch from whatever it's sort of like clicking behind it or I can't get my head off of or you know 
especially if I, if I'm wait, I always found like waiting for a job, you do an audition. And for me, like being in the, the mix of the one or two people that they like, and you're sort of waiting to see if that's going to happen. I, I find that excruciating. <laughs> and so, and so for me, it was always like, yeah, I, writing helped. I, I love writing and that would get, you know, throwing yourself into something else was always great. Um, kids are, are that, you know, for everything, but I mean, they're, they've, take their front and center so now it's I'm just looking for the scraps around that life um <laughs> and uh and yeah and yeah and you know working out and and I used to play soccer and you know just whatever I pick up basketball I, what, any of those things I always found really helpful to um to just get you out of out of this world for a little while you know yeah. and put your head into something else yeah I, I'm curious what was your uh what was your first official like booking in New York where you thought, okay, like <laughs> train's um, moving. Yeah. Let's see. I, well, I mean, going up to Williamstown was a big deal um, just because it was the first really professional thing that I did. I did, I did one episode of a Cosby mysteries um, that <laughs> way back. And, and I remember <laughs> I was terrified. I like, I, I had like two lines. I couldn't remember my lines and Bill Cosby was there and, and uh, yes, he was hitting on some young woman in the in the uh, in the aisle of the thing, and it was all just like there's all just too much stuff happening. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not I'm not ready. And I, I think I was in college then. I think I was like junior in college. Um, and then after that, uh, I went up to Williamstown, and and that was I sort of beat the streets of New York is what I did first, doing like backstage and all that stuff. Like I would just like you know run my picture around to agents and I would go and and you know audition in these weird little sort of New York Manhattan holes like on the far west side in some decrepit theater and you'd be like hey da, 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 and show them your stuff and they'd be like uh, you know and I, I did a couple of those like little plays and stuff like that which were great and fun and and you sort of are always building your you know you know your tool set but then I did Williamstown and that was the first time I think that I personally had been amongst so many professionals, like wonderful actors, like just people that you love and admire and on so many different levels, like old ones and young ones. And, um, and, and we all get to work together and sort of live together. And, you know, we're up at this sort of, it's like a little theater oasis up in the Berkshires there, like up near uh, Williams college. And, uh, and it was just great. And I met so many just other young actors up there too that remain my friends. Like, uh, you know, Catherine Hahn went to school with me and was in my class was up there. Um, and her wonderful husband, uh, Ethan Sandler was a, is a writer and wonderful actor. And uh, Charlie Day was up there and Jimmy Simpson were, was up there. And like just a lot of my peers who I love and admire and are still friends today. Um, so, you know, you're working amongst all these other uh, just great people and, and they all find their way into the business. And, and so that was a great beginning for me just to be a part of that. Um, and then I did, um, they had something up there. It was like a little like musical night and Sam Cohen, who was a sort of famous old agent at ICM um, came up. He has since passed, but he, uh, he was he was right on the sort of cusp of being like he was the old guard. He was like the the like the number one agent back in the day, and um, and very sort of gruff, intimidating, odd fella, 
used to like sort of like chew paper while he like talked to you and like sort of spit it around. <laughs> That's what I remember from my what? first meeting with him. Um, <laughs> he called me in his office and he was like, and uh, after that song and some little part in a in a in a play, um, and and yeah, and he he said, hey, you want to be in you want to be with ICM? And I was like, I, I yep. And uh, and that was it. That's where I, I had a great couple of like young agents there, and that's where my career started. Got me out on my first sort of auditions, and then I did a little off-Broadway play with, um, written by David Marshall Grant, um, and it was uh, just um, it was just with a, with a bunch of great New York actors and 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 now a lot of great writers and stuff, and we. Um, we did a little play in a tiny little like 70 seat theater and it got picked up by Daryl Roth who runs that big theater downtown at Union Square um, and and some other wonderful producers and we and we did that play for six months and it was off of that play that I think Nora Ephron came and saw me in that play and then later called me up and was like hey I'm doing this movie with John Travolta and that was that's how I got a part in uh, uh, Lucky Numbers, which was a sort of the biggest film I got. And all that was in a, I was doing other little indies and stuff along the way, um, but that's how th that's how that sort of started for me, I think. Um, oh, and I did one thing called Getting to Know You, which was the first little movie I did in Sundance, and it was a similar thing. I was in New York, and and the director Lizanne Schuyler was this wonderful uh, director, and and uh, and that's where I met Zach Braff. Zach and I did that movie together with Heather Matarazzo, who was like the sort of indie queen of the time. <laughs> and we um, and it was a great little movie, and it got into Sundance, and that was sort of my first. It was all sort of happening around the same time, and I, uh, you know, nineteen ninety nine or something like that, and uh, and it was great. I got introduced to Sundance, and I got my sort of first little movie under my belt, and. That was all in the in the indie New York theater sort of days. There's a lot of that going on there, and and it all sort of overlapped. It it very it very much <laughs> seems like that transient actor story of you know the '90s where you just start meeting people and working with people. Yeah, and they just like you guys could sort of like carry each other into different projects. That must have yeah. been. Yeah, I mean that so that was. Little, I mean, I remember Zach and I moved back out to LA like exactly right after that. We we sort of kept in touch after. The movie but then he called me up when he got to LA and he had just done a Greg Berlanti film who was someone that I knew for also from college who was like my freshman you know uh a peer advisor we were both kids you know and so was Greg at the time and I remember we had like a we had like a you know we were at like Burger King or some shit and we were sitting there <laughs> and he was like you know a little older than me and telling me about what it's like to be in the theater department at Northwestern so yeah, I know there's all those little overlaps. So he was doing that and I was in LA and we and Zach and I ended up being roommates together before either one of us really had a career. And uh, and we, you know, we found a place together and we lived together for like four years as his, right as he was getting scrubs and I was doing some movies and we were, yeah, we were, yeah, it was just like that. We were sort of doing stuff and that's how I ended up being in Garden State and, you know, all that other stuff. Uh, do you guys ever sit down at say like a local Burger King in LA and just reminisce on being in college talking about just I mean we I, I well like I didn't know Zach in college at all that was Greg Berlani and, and like, yeah, yeah. you know I've seen him from time to time out here and he's doing you know always 18 million projects um 
but Zach and I were great friends for for a very long time, and uh, and and we were especially at that sort of young part of our career. We were, um, it was great. We were sort of growing up in L.A. in a different way out here, and and learning a lot about the business and ourselves as actors and stuff. Yeah, and in that time, were you still writing your own stuff too, just to have an yeah, outlet? Yeah, I, I I always, I mean, I always wrote a lot, and. Um, and I just, I had never really focused on it. I still, I mean, it's still sort of for the first time in my life, I'm doing that, that now um, where, you know, I, I acting had always sort of just continued and, and it's really hard for me at least to do, to multitask. I'm not really good at it. So when I, when I was acting, I was acting and it was hard for me to sort of pick it up and drop it and pick it up and drop it. And so um, I w- I've been writing all this, you know, I have a, several scripts that I've been writing over these years and I, and I just have been waiting for the sort of window, you know, after kids and all that stuff to sort of find just eight seconds to think my own thoughts and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and push these scripts that I really love forward. And that's sort of, that's happening right now. And it's, uh, it's actually really exciting. So I, I won't ask you for specifics say. just yeah. you know, for <laughs> writing safety, but is there a genre you like writing or do you like writing? Um, I love, I mean, I, I, I love, I love funny films. I love like comedies that also are, you know, that have that pack a wallop that have something in them that's very human and, and that they're not just, I love comedies that are just, you know, silliness, but that's not necessarily what I'd write. So, yeah, I think, you know, I have a, a romantic comedy. I have sort of a action comedy and, um, and then a very sort of, insular family story that's also sort of you know i'd say like a dark comedy i mean they're all i don't know how to i always i used to i always love like chekhov and stuff like that because i think that's a real inspiration for me in writing because it was always very real and it was always always really funny but it was based in just truth you know just based in like all of our weird human foibles and i think that that stuff um that's the those are the films i love the most that get me the most I love talking to people who, you know, just love to write for the sake of it, but also want to make their own projects to see (laughs) what, uh, what their process is like writing it. Or, you know, you're, you're a busy family man. Who's also, you know, you have a career. So are you putting movie ideas or scene ideas in the notes in your phone or doing a quick video memo? Do you write it on a napkin? Like what's your, what's your weird writer thing? (laughs) I, I am, I am always these days, I'm just scrounging for, whatever little time. So I will write it on anything that is near. I will write it on my child's hand. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I think with that, I, it, you better, better, like more, um, I guess, disciplined writers probably have a really great way of doing this. And I am, I am learning to do that more because those, I, I try and just sit down and write them all out whenever I can. I get to the computer and I just will try and get everything down that I can, even if it's from, you know, two to four in the morning, get it down. You won't get any sleep that night. You'll be in a little pain the next day, but I, I do think it's worth it um, to get it while it's fresh. So I, that much I have learned. And so I get it down on whatever I can as fast as I can. So it doesn't, because uh, in from my senility, it's gone in another hour. I'll be like, what was that? Who am I? What was I doing? <laughs> so so how does your desk look i always have to follow that question up with this question. oh my gosh i would show you i just turned this around i'll tell you it's got a it's got about 18 pictures from my kids on it um it looks like a playroom i mean let's be honest there's there's a, there's a there's one of my kids old stuffed animals there's a 
thing from a trip to Africa. There's a screenwriting book. There's an old script that I'm working on and trying oh, to get yeah. together. There's, you know, always <laughs> a cup of coffee off to the side here. A bunch of old pens. Yeah. <laughs> One quote from Chekhov that I don't know why just has followed me around. I think I think only because someone put it in a little frame. Once you put shit in a frame, I'll just I'll just keep it around. I don't you gotta hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you you turn the computer the right way with the camera, just showing that like solid tall oak bookcase behind you as a. Right, that's no, it. No, this right. is my I've office. Read <laughs> yeah, yeah I've read every single one of the books several times. I'm weed up there. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do want to like go back to the acting thing, uh, for for a quick pivot, but uh, given the nature of what's happened the last few years and the uncertainty of the arts industry in general when did you figure out hey i don't have to be a bartender anymore i can kind of live off of my earnings as an actor did that happen for you yeah. later on oh or? man i that it was it was a slow it wasn't a, an exact moment because it was like a slow process i got this i got this little thing through backstage it was like a uh what was it uh it was a it was a greek play pentheus in a what is it called I can't, the iliad the oh, the iliad the so with the guy and the five women, anyway, it's all gone. But anyway, <laughs> I did this little play. It was a Greek play, and we went to Cyprus. And I get, I get, I, I gave up my bar job, which was like I had one of those bar jobs in New York. It was the Mayflower Hotel. I got like at the, I got like sixteen dollars an hour with, um, uh, like vacation pay. It was a union job, so I was like this dude. I like I had I had paid vacation. I had healthcare. It was like a, a sweet job and I was making bank at it. I was like, this is, a, I mean, and I sort of knew it. I clocked it early. I was like, this is actually a really great job. And I, I am in danger of, of staying in this job and maybe not. So what I would do is <clears throat> in the middle of the, my job, I was like, I will never miss a fucking audition no matter what I do. And, and I know that this job pays, but I can get another job. But, but any audition could be the one. And if it's worth it, I'm going. So I would take... I would leave my, I would leave my bar job. Don't, I don't recommend this at home for any other person in a bar job because it, it, it was helter skelter, but I would, I literally had my bark bike, bike parked right outside. And I would, I would go to the bathroom. I'd be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom one. And uh, someone, one of the waiters would fill in for me and I would run around in my, cause I had to wear like a little like vest and a name tag and all that shit. And I would jump on my bike and like, fly down to whatever it was because you can get around Manhattan pretty fast on a bike park it outside go up in full like bartender regalia and like do my audition Shakespeare or whatever in this case it was like this Greek play and then I would get back on my bike and I would go back to my bar job and get in there like sweaty and just be like hey uh, who needs a drink um, <laughs> and uh, that worked for a while but my manager who was nice also was like fuck no you're gonna get fired and I'm gonna fire you I don't care even if I like you um, and so I, I really pushed the the envelope with that but I would I would never miss an audition that was my thing and I and I finally got this little play that ended up going to Cyprus and we it was such a it was magical um, and I gave up the bar job for like I think it was like two weeks and I wasn't getting paid like much, a little bit. Um, but when I got back, I, I was so resolved after that, of that weird freedom from that bar job and just like actually being able to do what I love to do for a second that like, I got, I got super focused and clear about what I was doing and where I was going. And I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. 
Um, and it wasn't long after that, that, excuse me, that I, um, that I booked a little movie that was, I think it was getting to know you. I think I, I booked that. Uh, no, it wasn't that. I booked this movie with Rachel Lee Cook when she was like the shit at the time. I remember she was like the teen shit. Um, and, uh, and, and it was a little movie uh, called Sally that I never really saw ever. I didn't see the movie. I didn't see it ever in theaters, but I did once find a video of it in, in the Netherlands and <laughs> just outside of, <laughs> Amsterdam, <laughs> a different language that I that I bought. So I, I've watched pieces of it, in, but it, my voice was dubbed. But he was brilliant, whoever that guy was. Um, <laughs> and uh, and we that was my first little movie, and I think that was that was the moment where I got just just enough money um, to sort of scrap my way by, and um, and then I never did it again. That was it, um, and I, that was just me managing to make my pennies go and work for me and then um and you know eating rice and beans was sort of what I lived off of for three years and and then doing these little you know theater gigs from from here to there and um and just you know not living on much but sort of getting by enough to to just stay focused on this stuff and it was you know it was it was a difficult time in in terms of like you know if I had to do it now with kids I'd be like you know fuck but back in that time it was it was glorious you know i loved it and um and it and it it was really inspiring and really creative and and another time that i met just like some of the some of the best friends and 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 people that i've you know ever known so i'm, I'm very thankful for that time and all of those struggles were very helpful to sort of you know grow up a little bit and learn and learn the ropes and and also learn how how beautiful and valuable it is to work in this industry i've never taken it for granted and um and i've always been just i've had a lot of just deep appreciation gratitude for for all all the jobs whether they were fancy or not um i just always feel very lucky to be working with all the other people and and i've always like i said i've always enjoyed the the collaboration of it all and it's um so i i love it you know and uh and i'm deeply thankful for it I'm so glad I asked you that because I I'm in the same spot right now and right it's been two weeks since I worked there and I feel yeah. I feel the same thing that resolve that clarity yeah working and meeting with uh crazy creative and fantastic people so hey if that doesn't give myself and others hope I don't know what will uh just for the sake That's of it. finding happiness yeah. <laughs> you know? and, the, and, the, and you know the happiness is always it's so relative because it's yeah. like it it you work so hard for all of it. And even that bar job, I had, this was a trick, man. And I, and I figured it out a little too late in my run, but I, I, I think it's gold as, as far as like wisdom for young folks. Like I, that, so that bar job in the beginning, I, I fucking, I, I hated it. I thought it was the thing that was like keeping me from like, why do I have to have this? Why can't I just have what I want? Um, and, and I, and I sort of purposely like loathed it and it became a really sort of negative thing for me that I was up against. And it became this weird sort of back and forth with this thing that I did every day. And it was a, it was a great job and it was, it was a lucky job and, and it gave me so much and it even let me sort of turn corners and get what I wanted. Um, and I didn't really figure it out till really the end. And then I luckily got something that, that did get me, but I don't think it was by accident. It was, 
I turned it like I like made a decision one day. I was like, you know, fuck this. This job is is great. I'm lucky and and I'm not going to hate it anymore. I'm going to actively love it. I'm going to make myself love it. I'm going to appreciate the people. I'm going to appreciate every buck I make and and I'm going to and I'm going to make it a really positive thing instead of just always feeling like it's my enemy, you know? And I thought I had to do that to get out of it. Um and I realized that and it was a big lesson in my life to like embrace those things even if you you want to be away from them and you don't want to be you know identified with it or defined by it um and appreciate where you are and what you're doing and that doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your focus and as soon as i did that like the energy of my life changed and i feel like i took so much energy off of hating it and all the negative stuff and all of that became a sort of like more forward motion of okay so this is great. Thank God for this thing. What can I do with the rest of my energy? And I had just a much more positive um, outlook on everything. And I think it really, it changed my life, honestly. You know, I think in the end, it was like something that I really learned from. And I was like, this is how you approach stuff, even when it isn't just exactly the way you want it. That doesn't mean it has to be you. It doesn't mean like, you know, that's who you are. It just means that that's a part of your life that you're doing now and try and milk it for all it's worth. And and the people in it, you never know who you're meeting. And I don't just mean that in like a business way. I just mean like you can miss so much by putting blinders on. And I found that you get so much more out of your life, period, if you just just embrace it all. You know, just the people that are there, you just never know how they contribute to your life. And they, you know, even people way outside of this business have helped me in my career in huge ways by teaching me those kind of lessons or providing something else deep that that you need as an actor sort of going through all this stuff you know and that's beautifully said and I want to kind of top onto that too is there somebody in particular you remember that really like gave a lot to who you are today and and your career even I mean I I would go back probably even before that bar I would go back to like college I you know I don't know if I got that much out of I mean that's not true I got a lot out of college but um (laughs) but it was mostly about the people. I'd say that's what I got the most out of the lessons and stuff. You can almost get that anywhere. I mean, you know, you can, you can read the books. The teachers are amazing and you're lucky to get great ones if you get great ones, but there's so much that you can get, but the the people that I, that I got to be around. And there was one who was not in this industry at all. didn't care a lick about theater. He was, uh, he was just a guy, this guy, Aaron Tate. He's a philosopher guy and he was my roommate and, he was, he was the first person that was so dedicated to something. Like he would stay up at night and read these reams of books that I like, I couldn't get through the first 10 pages, but he would just study, study, study. And it wasn't because he was like, I need to get A's. It's because he had developed this work ethic for something that he loved. And like, I saw this guy's work ethic and I was like, oh, oh, that's, that's how you work hard at something. I hadn't figured that out. Like I knew it like jump shots or I knew it like with baseball in a certain way. And, but it was so physical, you know? Um, and I watched this guy just sit in his room and like study these texts. And, and then he had a full life outside of it. It didn't, that wasn't what all he was. He did all sorts of other stuff, but he had this little bookcase of books and he went to it and he worked and he worked and he worked and he was passionate about it. And I watched him over the course of a year and he's, you know, still a dear friend. Um, 
And, and I, I attribute that to him. I think I learned that from him and it, and it's something that I, I took and I was like, that's how I, that's how you work hard at something. So if it's a play, that's how you work at it. If it's your sides for your commercial thing or your, whatever you're doing, that's how you work at it. And, and there's a, there's a laser beam of focus on it and, and it allows you to, to really invest yourself in it. And it's not wishy-washy. And I think that goes for writing. It goes, I mean, it goes for everything. I think it goes for your relationships. It goes for whatever you're doing in your life. There's a way to sort of be present and focused on what you're doing unapologetically. And it, and it, and it gives to your life. And that doesn't mean you have to be a Daniel Day-Lewis and go sit in a corner and you know do that magical thing that he does. Um, but it, but it allows you the sort of space to really engage with something shamelessly and fully and passionately and, and go after what you love and, uh, and really get it. You know, it's when I started really reading, like, I don't know, back then it was like Shakespeare or something like that, but I read everything and I, and I learned it and I got it and it got in my bones and, you know, yeah. So that's why I would say someone like that, totally out of the sphere of what we do, but um, but a great person that changed my life. This is actually, I'm going to, I'm going to switch things around a little bit because this goes really well with everything you just said. If you have any advice you could give to the listeners here, usually they're, you know, people in the arts industry, Mm -hmm. uh, but it could be for, for anything. Do you have a piece of advice that maybe you personally hang on to that you can kind of bestow upon them? Yeah. I mean, I'd say it's probably of those last two things are, are pillars of what I, I work off of sort of, you know, unconsciously, which is, you know, in this thing, I think there's, there's a resilience that you need to develop, whether that's a muscle or thick skin or whatever you call it. It's like, you have to somehow, and that means like, and that means even, you know, even if you're the most famous or like in my moments when like the, the most heat is on your career or when everyone's excited about the last thing you did or something like that, you have to still you have to have this resilience, I think, in you of what you are personally, of who you are, of what matters to you. And, and getting clear about that at a young age and getting, you know, and it will change, it will grow, it'll, it'll, it'll you know, become something else. Um, but I think finding what your sort of backbone of who you are and, and doing that in your life every day, I think that's, that's what I would say as like dig for that and clear out, excavate that and, and, and make it important. And, and I think that that will give you a touchstone. That'll give you something to like go back to in these moments where this career or anything that you're doing just offers you those hurdles. And then I guess on the, on the same side of that is that the, the pain of all of it, like, you know, the struggles of being a tour actor in New York or, you know, getting rejected 20 times in a row for things that you were perfect for, or having your worst breakup in the world and you're lost and you have no direction and you have no compass on what's important. All of that stuff I have found in my life, the absolute grittiest, hardest nuggets of pain to crack um, have been have been the things that have made my creative life bigger, better, more, you know, press the boundaries out to the spectrum um and just given me that resilience to go back in and know that I can sort of I can take those hits like a boxer um and that I'm actually not just taking hits I'm like I'm growing like I'm I'm actually that pain in its moment is 
is growth. It's like actual learning. It's your, it is your body developing. And, and that is, that has allowed me to take those moments of insecurity or not knowing what's coming next. And I still have them all the time in all areas of life, like to, to just process them in a different way. So it's not negative. So it's not, it's not something I beat myself up for. And it's not something that I, that I have shame about. It's not something that I need to react on to someone else. It's not something that I have to hate my fellow actors and compete with them. It's not, I can, I can love everyone else in what I do truly and, and myself as well, and sort of do it and, and still go through those things of pain and, and know that it's growth. And that, that has helped me. It's, it's helped my marriage, my fatherhood, my friendships, and, and definitely my career. I, I agree with all of it. And I can personally like just absorb everything you just said. Yeah, you know? right on. Man. Especially, especially yeah. the pain part of it as creative, even if you're not creative, that's incredibly important to, to hang and, on. And to. You have to have pain. I mean, because, yeah. because you love it and, and you want it and you want to be a part of it. And you, you have this potential that's unrealized or uncapped, you know, unpopped. And you, all of that stuff is, that's going somewhere that's energy, you know, and, and it can be used in such a positive way and, and will, and I've seen it in my life and so many of my other friends, like, as they've gone through their careers and, you know, one person's path goes like this and then suddenly the other guy shoots up like that and everyone's just going and there's no, there's no, there's no competition in it. There's no looking at each other doing, there's just all of us sort of doing our lives, you know, and, I think that that in this industry is really hard to keep your focus on, but it's really, really important. And, um, and that that pain is okay, that you can't like, if you think that there's something wrong with you, it can really take you out, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of it in different ways in life period. And I feel like that's, that's something to, that I think that we could re re-identify in our world a little bit, you know, and just yeah. be like, you know, it's not, pain isn't really a negative thing. It's part of the course of how we, how we get from point A to point B. And it's not, it's just not always happy or pretty or perfect. It's, it's human and it's full, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of human nature and pain incarnate or, you know, comedy incarnate, this is probably my favorite thing I ask on the show. And that's to ask you for a party story. Uh, <laughs> it's not necessarily a story that happened at a party, but something that you can recount every single moment of that made some kind of impact on your memory uh, throughout your career that you could easily recant at a party amongst friends. Do you have something like that? It could be like failed auditions. It could be crazy uh, jobs you've done, just like anything that stands out. Gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have so many, I mean, there's, I have so many like ridiculous moments to my life. I don't, I, I, I don't really know. I mean, let's see. Um, party, party. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one for me. I like, I, I have, I have probably, they're not all like really appropriate. <laughs> I mean, names, names redacted. Nothing is. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like how to, how to like navigate this one exactly. Um, without incriminating me and my friends. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, maybe we can come back to that one, and I can just something will come up. I yeah. have, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you are you like talking like party, like industry kind of parties, or um, just I like- mean, could be industry. We've had people talk about uh, stuff that's happened like on a hike or something on vacation that they right. will never forget. So those kind of yeah. things have been talked about. It's mainly been industry because this industry is right. so insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't, I don't know if I've had. I mean, I, I, I you know, the, I remember the first time I was up at Sundance, and this isn't like a, a crazy funny story, but I just remember, I remember the first time I was up at Sundance. It was the first time that I'd actually been a part of like a sort of parties of this industry. Like the first time I'd actually been like, oh, there's a rope, and I'm gonna wait in that line and go into this shishi thing and everyone's in there and all the actors that I love are a part of this and I remember being up at those parties as a as a it was just it was a world uh, like a little whirlwind like I had my best high school friend up there and we were we were just sort of walking around to these parties like from one to the next and it was the it was the first sort of taste of like real Hollywood stuff that I'd ever had and I was so such a like, you know, staunch New Yorker. And we were in the like hills of uh, of this of this, uh, you know, of uh, Park City up there. And it's like snowing and we're all walking around. And I just remember how how magical all that was, actually. Like, I you know, it, there were hot tubs involved and crazy drunkenness. And I think I, I like, you know, I fell in love with this girl for like three nights and we like got a divorce and like you know, <laughs> packed my bag and left her house and met another girl. And like, I mean, it was just like a whirlwind of, of just like condensed life in like this one, like 10 day period that I was up there or whatever it was. But, um, but I remember that I had some high school, I had, I had two high school friends up there, one who had a movie up there. And then my, my buddy, Jess, who sort of is like, always been a sort of part of my life. And yeah, I just remember being up there with him and sort of sitting up there. We were having like a cigarette outside this hot tub with these girls. And we were we were just sitting up there and being like, oh, man, this is a whole side of life that we have never experienced, that we never really thought we would be a part of. But it's all just here. And and I just remember the juxtaposition of my life before that. And, and that being like one of those little turning points as we're sort of sitting up there in the snowy mountains and everything had sort of happened already. And um and just you know just just sitting in the sort of crux of that life moment and and being right on the sort of precipice of i guess the rest of my career um and 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 also sort of the nostalgia of my past with my high school buddies sort of there experiencing it all with me and we both had sort of big eyes of wonder at the whole thing um and just like yeah just sitting there and having that moment of like wow this is something's happening right now and I have no idea what it is and and I remember I remember that moment I sort of like it passes through my subconscious that you know every so often and yeah that's maybe my party story <laughs> I will I will gladly take that so okay, cool. <laughs> having, having been to Sundance a few times myself I know exactly what you're talking about yeah, and it yeah. never like it's always surreal <laughs> yeah know? there's a surreality to it all like, <laughs> you see yourself sort of it marks time somewhere I don't know those yeah things yeah yeah, and then Ethan Hawke just walks by with like, yeah. There's a the casual coke. sort of walking by of your heroes, and then there's also like <laughs> you're a part of this sort of other thing, and then it's also so removed from everything. And back then, that was yeah. sort of the heyday of Sundance. So it was, I mean, it was just like a nonstop sort of like you know station to station party. You just walk up a block and you're in another party. You're in another party, and all of it was just like this. Yeah, just whirlwind of of just craziness and fun and and uh, 
yeah, I just remember sitting there in just a moment of calm being like, oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Yeah. I'm glad you you hang on to that memory because those are really important. Yeah, you know, for sure. Just, I, I, I say that like I've been alive for 100 years, but you but know. You know it because you <laughs> yeah. have them in your life in different ways. There's so many of those little moments, mm-hmm. but yeah, they are. They're important to, to, to sort of mark your time and also just to to reflect. I mean, for me to reflect back on and just be like, it's a journey, like all this is a journey to me, you know, it's all just, it's so filled with so many things. And for, you know, some of it's career. And then, you know, suddenly I fell in love with my, my wife. I wasn't meaning to, but there it was. And, and, and we've had this just wonderful relationship and we have these great kids and, and that's been, that suddenly took over my entire life. And it was much more important than anything else. Like it was more important than my biggest, deepest passion, which is acting and writing. And, and when I had my kids, I, I really struggled still. I mean, honestly, struggle with, with how to balance all that out because it was so when you're single or when you, you know, at least even when we were together, my wife's a singer and she, she has her own very, you know, sort of wonderful uh, career and process that she goes about. She's just one of the most creative, sort of wonderful creative humans that I know. Um, and she has her own her own thing. And so together we were like Nick and Nack. She could go do her tours and I'd go do my movies and TV or whatever. And we'd sort of circle back and we'd be with each other. It was this great, you know, sort of give and take. And I'd go on tour with her and she'd come see my thing and whatever. Um, and, and now, you know, we have kids and that's everything. It just becomes everything in a way that I never could have predicted, even though everyone was like, come on, what are you thinking? Um, <laughs> no idea how much I would, one, love it. And also just how much, how demanding it all is. Um, and so balancing those passions out and like, you know, there, there's, there's no, there's no quantifying it. My kids are number one. And, but sort of learning how to have a career in and around that is, is it's fucking hard for me. I, some people do great. Um, but for me, I like to be a part of everything that's going on. And so, you know, it's really hard for me to miss their thing or not be a part of their whatever. And, and so I'm often trying to like figure out how to schlep everyone to this place and we're all going to go to be and do this thing together. And you guys come up to Vancouver and we'll live there through the pandemic. We, we went up to, <laughs> I did this, this show home before dark and we like, you know we were meant to go to like vancouver for five months before the pandemic and i was like all right let's go you guys we'll we'll go and so everyone came up with me and then we then the pandemic hit and then we just lived up there for like two years um which was glorious it was awesome um but you know it's that's our sort of weird life and you know i i try and bring my family wherever because i i I love having them around they're all gonna be in school soon i won't get that so we'll see I love that you can you can do that too. You know, it's not some kind of like what one uh, percent celebrity fable where they just fly their family. Like you can actually do that and bring oh, yeah. your family with you. Oh, it's the best. That's so. Best. Cool. I was just on this thing, and like two of the other cast members had babies, and we were all in our little bubble together up there in Vancouver. <laughs> um, and like you know, I have my my kids are like six and four, and they just had their little babies, and one of them has another kid, and it was just like. Oh, it was it was so much fun, and then we're making this great TV show that we all love doing every day yeah. uh, and doing together. And it was it was uh, it was really fun. It was a uh, it was sort of like almost a romantic time as far as like that yeah. is because we were just like it was so surreal. Like this these last two years are so surreal to me. They're crazy. <laughs> and that they were our little like 
little bubble in all of this and it was uh yeah it was great yeah it's weird how now it's suggested oh we're we're you're back to normal but those last two years counted yeah i still am like what the fuck just happened like what they're like i we got back to la and i was like huh i live here i forgot (laughs) i I forgot that i had a house here and like oh my gosh i mean it was just it was really weird we were we were up there for so long and i think that um yeah this last these last two years on everyone has just been i mean yeah we're still sort of like going through it all piecing through it all like oh yeah what what does this mean now (laughs) that's the beauty of where we are right now time-wise and creatively it can only like fuel us right yeah i think so i mean yeah i think so i think there's a lot you know the world is a is a crazy place right now um and so yeah there's a lot to there's a lot there's a lot of meat and potatoes out there (laughs) Which we'll we'll get into for a part two, okay. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I do want to. I'll wrap up here. I do want to sure. ask you before we uh, we close out the recording. Is yeah. there anything that I can promote with this episode? Uh, whether it's you know a project you're doing, a charity organization you really care about, just anything you want me to give a shout out? Yeah, I mean, gosh, there's there's so much. I mean, uh, my wife is working, and and me too, on sort of diversity uh, in sort of all areas of her life. She's half Korean, and so that 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 is a big part of our life. So, show love and find your way into making that a big part of your creative life. And I think it's a it's a great welcoming of our entire world that we can all work uh, together with all of our our different selves and uh, and accommodate each other's big traditions personalities and and all of who we are so i i I think that that's a big turn in the business um through gender through race and ethnicities and and all your all our different cultural sort of coming together so that that's a hugely important thing to me in my life and um and uh to hopefully all of us um and uh, yeah, and then I'm about to do this movie Bark. It's a uh, it's a it's a really cool film, and that's the one I'm going to do in Germany for for a little while. So we'll see where that all goes. But uh, if you oh, see that come God. down the pipeline, keep your eye out for it. Oh yeah, you know I'm going to be sharing the hell out of that, <laughs> especially growing up on pathology. I guess I, I got to as a as yeah, a- that's right. I love that. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, dude, this has been an incredible like chat honestly i i have one close out before i stop the recording here if you wouldn't mind sticking around after that uh but i just want to say thank you uh thank you man uh thanks for reaching out it's a pleasure talking to you and and sharing all this stuff Uh, yeah you made your audience all the best you made a a chubby 15 year old boy very happy today which doesn't sound as awkward as it sounds you made a chubby Um, 48 year old man very happy (laughs) (laughs) well man i i'm getting you have to you have to have seen Wayne's World, right? Yeah, sure. Okay, all right. So I close that's out. That's like an ancient, before. like you know, those that's like ancient text to you, but right, it's like, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> I grew up. Okay. On this shit. <laughs> I, yeah, I, right, I, I will admit, I just turned thirty this year, so I, I've reached another hump in my succession. But... I thought you were saying you were fifteen. You look like you're oh. fifteen. You know, you're really? very well preserved. <laughs> that's why my agents don't know what to do with me like you look 15 but you sound 30 right yeah right no that's great (laughs) still be playing high school that's why i was through a big chunk of my career i think i was like i think i was like yeah i was like 28 or 9 and i was still playing like 18 17 and oh yeah i'd be sort of i'd be amongst like teenagers but i was also like (laughs) 
way older and it was it was both fun and weird even like seeing you in garden state you could tell like oh yeah dude you could still you right, could right, do some right. 21 jump street type stuff yeah yeah well, exactly. The, the reason i asked man is i i close out every recording with a wayne's world awkward goodbye okay. so essentially i do a silent countdown when i point to you just give me your best verbal or nonverbal. sometimes that works too uh awkward goodbye and then i'll stop the recording you think okay. you, could, uh, you could be awkward yeah i, I think so let's try <laughs> All right, man. Here we go. In. It was so it's it great to talk to you. Well, call me. I'll, I'll call you. You call me. 